welcome and thank you for joining us on It Is Written Canada. Today we are looking at how God works in a person's life and works through tragedy. Uh, the Bible assures us in Psalm 139 verse 16, this is from the uh, Today's Living Bible, and it says, You saw me before I was born and scheduled each day of my life before I began to breathe. Every day was recorded in your book. So God sees the end from the beginning. He sees our life and he looks at us and he guides us. He helps us along the way. And some things that happen to us are just traumatic, tragic, and we just, it catches us unaware and unexpected. Today we have with us Neil Peralta, and Neil is going to be sharing with us uh, an experience that he had when he was 14 years old, a traumatic experience. And it happened one evening, and from that moment on, everything absolutely changed in his life. So Neil, thank you for joining us on It Is Written Canada. Yeah, thank you for being with us, Neil. So, Neil, can you please tell us about what happened that fateful evening when you were 14 years old? Well, I remember uh, at that time I was on by myself in the house uh, with two of our residents that we were taking care of. And my mother and father were actually attending a Revelation and Daniel seminar in Vancouver. And so at that time we had um, Jolly's mother and father living with us. She was only five months old at the time. And uh, her mother was like an auntie to me. She took care of me, she babysat me. And so we grew very close together. And, and uh, she would come up and just make sure that I was doing okay. And I remember uh, the last time that I saw her, she came up and she had a cut on her hand and she asked me, Neil, do you have aloe vera? And I said, oh, sure, auntie. Uh, the aloe vera is in the kitchen. You can just go grab it and uh, you can put it on your hand. And she said, okay, thank you so much. Um, I'm gonna be heading back down now. And so it was quiet for a while. Um, I was just sitting in the living room watching TV. And it, it just seemed like after a couple minutes or maybe 30 minutes, it started getting loud downstairs. Now, you have to understand, my Auntie Belia, that's, uh, that's her name, uh, she's a very loud person. Not that she's angry or upset with you, it's just that's her volume. And she doesn't mean to, to, say, uh, to say mean things to you, it's just who she is. And so I started hearing loud voices getting louder between my aunt and my uncle. And then it became more of a, a commotion, a discussion. I sat there and I said, oh, I, I've never heard this before. I've never heard my uncle, who is now very soft-spoken, very gentle, very quiet, a good person. All of a sudden, he started raising his voice even louder than my aunt. And I'm sitting there and wondering, wow, this is a first. I've never heard my uncle be this upset. And I sat there wondering, what is going on? Then finally, my aunt's voice went even louder and louder and higher. And then she started to say, please, Dad, no. Please, Dad, no, no, no. I'm, I'm sorry, please, Dad, no. And I, I began to, to think, okay, this is really serious. Mm -hmm. 
what is going on? I, I was thinking of going downstairs, but out of respect for my auntie, uh, I said, you know what, I'm just going to leave it. Uh, they're just going to work it out, and I'll just go check on them later. But it just began to get louder and louder. My uncle began to say really mean uh, stuff to my aunt that I've never heard him say before. Some of them were curses in, in, in Ilocano, uh, the dialect that they speak up in, in the northern Philippines. Some of them were just mean, and I said, wait a minute, this is not my uncle. What is going on? Why is he so upset? Mm -hmm. But I just decided to stay in the living room uh, and stay there quietly, because I didn't want to disrupt what was going on. And what about um, Jolly? Was she crying at this stage? Because she was only five months old, yes. right? Was, yeah. they, was she crying or she was quiet during this? I think what had happened was when they were arguing downstairs in the living room, and then when they moved into the room, then I started to hear Jolly. Cry. And she okay. was crying, and I started to really worry about her because I said, okay, this is not good that my aunt and uncle are fighting and yet the baby is there. Then it got really intense because now my aunt was not only saying, no dad, no dad, please, I'm sorry. She then said, not the baby, not the baby. I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry. And then I said to myself, oh Lord, what is going on? Please Lord, help out in this situation. This is really serious. And this whole time, Jolly is crying and I'm sitting there, uh, shocked, didn't know what to do. So then again, I hear commotion, and then I find here my, my uncle as if he's moving things, and, and things are being thrown or, or being moved, and uh, a sound that I, like, as if something was being pushed. And then my aunt's voice went from a high-pitched alert to more of a going down to a faint cry, saying, please, Dad, no, Dad. And then Jolly's stopped crying. It was just very quiet and very silent. And I said, oh dear, what is going on? Now, I, I still stayed upstairs. I, at that point, I was scared. I was scared. I didn't want to go downstairs. I said, Lord, please be in this situation. So then finally, I could hear my aunt fainting, her voice fainting. And I heard a little bit of Jolly crying, but very quietly. And then all of a sudden, see, my aunt no longer spoke. It was very quiet. Uh, all I could hear, the door was open to the room, and then my uncle walking back and forth, pacing from the kitchen downstairs to the room. I could hear the footsteps. And again, I'm worried. Jolly's being quiet. I'm not sure what has happened. So then I sit there for what seemed eternity for a long time. Then I hear footsteps coming upstairs and said, okay, uh, my, my uncle's coming up. Uh, I'm just gonna sit here and just remain calm and, and, and pray and hopefully he's not upset because clearly he was upset. And then what caught my attention that really changed my mind, that really brought fear in my heart was when my uncle came up, his eyes were bloodshot red. He had really looked very agitated he was wearing a white shirt, but on that white shirt was a stain of red. And I, I said, okay. And then as he's moving up the stairs, you see his arms now, and then there's also a stain of red. But what really caught my attention was Jolly was in his arms, on his right arm, and then he had a knife on his left arm. It was stained with, uh, with blood. 
then it really clicked in my mind. I said, oh my goodness, this is more than just serious. This is life, life-threatening. And so again, I, I didn't want to make him more upset or agitated. I just sat there and continued to pray very quietly, asking the Lord to be with me, to be with Jolly, to be with my aunt downstairs. And then he was pacing, now he was pacing from my living room to the, to the kitchen. And at that time, uh, I was taking care of the residents. One is blind, deaf, and mute, and the other one is a mind of a 10-year-old. And so I needed to make sure they were okay. And I also had a small dog who was also whimpering and wondering what's going on. So here's my uncle pacing back and forth. Then finally, he looks at me and he asks the, the question, Neil, where is your mom and dad? And I said to him, well, you know, uncle, they're not here. Remember, uh, they're attending a Revelation and Daniel seminar in Vancouver. They won't be here for a while. And so then he looked at me, breathing a little bit heavier. I think he was thinking of what to do next. Um, but then he stood there, then he approached me. And I remember when he first took his couple of steps, my mind clicked and said, oh man, uh, I might be next. I don't know what's gonna happen. And so I, I really prayed like I'd never prayed before. And I remember thinking to myself, you know, uh, all these flashbacks of all these wonderful memories, it, it, they do come back, you know, uh, of all the good times I've had with my family. But now in this situation, it's going through my mind so quickly. But at the same time, I'm now praying. I'm like, Lord, please protect me. Please, uh, I, whatever happens now, Lord, I give my life to you. It is up to you. And, and I put my trust in you. And that was tough. And so then my, he approached me. I was sitting uh, by the couch on the left-hand side, and there I looked up at him, he looked down at me, and I, 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 I went like this. He said, Neil, please take the baby. So then I put my hand up like this. He had Jolly on his right hand, and he had the knife here. So then he bent down, and I kind of tilted my head to the left, because I was getting ready for whatever was gonna happen. Mm -hmm. And I prayed again. I said, Lord, please protect me and protect this baby, be with this situation. And he was, he was paused there for maybe a couple seconds. And then he looked at me, he said, Neil, I want you and your family to take care of this child. It is your responsibility to take care of Jolly Grace. I said, okay, uncle, we will. I promise you that, uh, thank you. And then, I mean, it was so amazing. It's as if I really believe God intervened because he, he, he stood back up, he looked at me, said, I'm gonna go back down now and you just, you just stay here. And I just said, okay, wow. You know, so he went back down, I'm holding Jolly Grace and I'm wondering, she's very quiet. She's not even saying any, crying or anything. Mm -hmm. And then I say another quick prayer, I'm like, Lord, please be with Jolly Grace. I hope nothing happened to her because she was also uh, full of stained blood. Mm. And then finally she cried. And it was such a relief mm. to know that she was okay. So you thought she had been I, I thought she had been, you know, yeah. uh, that's, that her life had ended there. Oh my. 
And so then uh, she cried. Phone calls were coming in because people were calling downstairs trying to get hold of them. I picked it up and I said, you know, auntie's not available right now. She'll call you back when she can, trying to put a, a brave face to the situation, but knowing what just transpired. And so my uncle's downstairs now. Jolly's crying a little bit. And then finally I hear him walk. And this time he walks outside the, the front door with a phone in his hand. And then that's when I realized when the police showed up, because I was watching now from the window carrying Jolly, that's when I realized that he had made the phone call, that he had snapped out of whatever happened. And then the ambulance came. I called my mom and dad. They drove as fast as they could to get to us. And then sadly, uh, we found out that uh, uh, her mother had passed away because of, of stab wounds that she received, but also trying to protect herself. And she had passed away uh, to the hospital. And so from then on, it was this whole, because I was the only witness, I had to write down every detail what had happened. Uh, my mother cried out when she found out she passed away, and the, on, uh, Jolly's mom passed away to the hospital. And it was very difficult. And it took, it took us a lot of time to recover. And, but what we decided as a family is we wanted Jolly Grace to, to be looked after. We didn't want her to go into the system because at that point of time, uh, the next of kin was in the Philippines. And legally, in that situation, Jolly Grace should have gone into foster care uh, and get a social worker. And she did for a while. And my parents fought really hard for her to stay with a church family which she did. For me, I struggled with this whole idea two years after that, that how do I then, how it, it made an impact to me so negatively that I questioned my faith, I questioned my belief, because I said, I, I was angry. I was angry at myself, I was angry at my uncle, I was angry at the situation, I was angry at God. And at, four, at 15 to uh, 14 to 16 year old, I was asking the Lord, why would you do this? Why would you take away someone who loved me, who cared for me? And also, why would you allow a, a, a daughter grow without parents? Yeah. How could you allow a husband do that to his wife? And so my dad, you know, saw that I was changing. I didn't want to go to church. I was being negative. Uh, I, I always try to put a smiling face in front of everyone. That's naturally, that's who I am. I try to put a smiling face as if I'm strong. But during those two years, it was tough. Then my, finally, my dad came to me and he said, you know, Neil, I think the greatest thing that you're struggling with right now is that you went through a tough time, but you're not allowing God to heal you. And in order for that healing to start, you need to forgive. Now, when I heard that, I was upset yeah. with my father. I said, how could you say that, Dad? You weren't there. Mm -hmm. That night it happened. Yeah. You don't know how many questions of auntie's best friends have questioned me, saying that I could have done more. Mm -hmm. I could have run out and, and helped. And I thank my mother for stepping in whenever uh, people, members of the church or people would ask, why didn't I do more? She would say, I'm a nurse. 
you don't know what trauma does to you. Yes. My mm -hmm. son experienced trauma that night, and you, you do not have the right yeah. to question him or even say these things when you yourself have not experienced it. Mm -hmm. And so my mother protected me, and she let them know. Mm -hmm. And so then um, what, what ended up happening was two years went by. Mm -hmm. I prayed about it. I read more scripture, sang songs. I tried to be more active in the church, but it was tough. Mm -hmm. um, what made it possible for us to go see my uncle, who is now in, in the psychiatric ward, um, he, he pleaded guilty to insanity, and so they brought him into a psychiatric ward to recover. Uh, he put on the names of people who are allowed to visit him, he put the Peraltas. No one else, not even his own cousin, not even his own family. He only put our names mm -hmm. on there. And so my mom and dad would frequently go visit him to check how he's doing, to see how he is. And finally, my dad said, Neil, we're going to go visit your uncle. Are you ready to go forgive him and, and meet with him? I said, okay, fine, I'll, I'll go. Um, I, just, I, I just need to get this over with. I need to learn to forgive. I need to move forward. I need to start the healing process. Mm -hmm. So then when I went to go see my uncle, uh, my mom and dad went in first. They said their pleasantries, hi, hello, how are you, how are things? And then they got me mm -hmm. to go inside. Uh, we were sitting at a, a half round table. Mm -hmm. He was sitting on one side. Here's my mom, my dad, me in the middle. And he looks at me, and I was ready to just <laughs> let him have it. I was ready to just be angry at him. You were very angry. I was very upset, very angry, very upset. I was ready to ask him all the why questions. Why would you do this? Why would you do that? But when I looked at him, I felt compassion and pity for him because he wasn't the same uncle that I saw. He was... He was shaking, he was highly medicated, uh, and, and he managed to talk to me and express how sorry he was. Mm -hmm. Tears fell from his face. He said, Neil, I've been waiting for, for two years to talk to you. I've been waiting to say that I'm very sorry, and, and I, I was praying that you would come, come meet with me because I'm very sorry for what happened to you. I'm very sorry for what has happened to Jolly. And he said, uh, can you find it in your heart to forgive me? And I just stood there stunned. I didn't know what to say. And I finally said to my mom and I, I have to go. Like it was just too much. Mm -hmm. But before I left, I turned to my mom and I whispered in her ear, can you please let him know that I forgive him? and that, that I'm, I'm very sorry for what he had gone through as well. Mm -hmm. And so I left, my mom told that, and as I was leaving, I could tell that he broke down and cried even more because he just felt that relief yeah. mm -hmm. uh, come over, knowing that I had forgiven him. Mm -hmm. And so uh, from that day on, we've treated Jolly as our, I've treated her as my goddaughter. And I know she treats me as an old, has her older brother. And so the, we, we've kept up, we've stayed in contact, we've encouraged her. Uh, her Auntie Divina, who came from the Philippines at a very young age of 21, uh, took on that role. And it was a big role to be mm -hmm. 
to be there to help Jolly so Grace. Her mother's sister came over. Her mother's sister, yeah. And became mm -hmm. her mother. And became her mother, yeah, and, 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 and took care of her. Mm -hmm. And uh, they ended up staying with us. And so uh, I'm very glad to see that through this tragedy, um, we have been able to raise a girl as a family, although we're not blood related, mm -hmm. but we're related because of the circumstance, but because we love each other like we're family. Mm -hmm. we're, we're so glad to see now that Jolly has been able to grow up in a place where she's been mentored. Uh, she's using God's gift to guide and direct her. Mm -hmm. She's a very wonderful singer, an amazing singer, and she uses that talent to, to share her this her message as well, mm -hmm. and as her as uh, as her older brother, uh, I I still stay connected with her. Oh, I so call her. She yeah. sees you as an older brother. Yeah, and you see her as a goddaughter. Yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah. I just um, you know listening to your story, it's been really moving for me, and I know you mentioned that fateful evening when this trauma happened mm -hmm. that you were praying mm -hmm. throughout all of this yeah. and it just it just amazes me from listening to your story mm -hmm. how calm you were oh. Neil like you know you didn't um, freak out and I'll be honest with you there was a moment where I wanted to run out there was a moment I wanted to run out and, and knock at the door of my neighbor but then I realized if my uncle is still in his angry state. Mm -hmm. What would he do? Would he stop me? Would he end up running after me? And so I, that quickly played in my mind. And I said, you know, I think the best thing to do is just to allow God to intervene. Mm -hmm. And whatever happens, put your trust in him. Mm -hmm. He will take care of you. He will take care of her, you know, you know, the people who are here, and he will protect you. And, and that's what happened that evening. And, and I felt that calm assurance, yeah. even though that it was so chaotic yes. and, and so, uh, what do you call this, a very edgy experience yes. that I couldn't even imagine. If someone else would have gone through this, how would yes. they react? Yes. But in that moment, God really calmed me and reassured me yes. to just remain calm. I'm here and whatever happens, uh, I will protect you. Yes. Th this story has been really good. I don't use it a lot. Yeah. I'll be mm -hmm. honest, but I do share it when I when I when I feel the need that it, it needs to, when especially when it comes to young people yes. in impact who've been hurt yes. by older people who've who've had who have suffered lost and are struggling are struggling with this whole idea of forgiveness. I share with them that yes. story, mm -hmm. but. Uh, again, uh, the story continues in Jolly's life, yes. and it's amazing to see that from my from my situation, Hanau, God has used our family, her auntie, and the people around her to be able to move forward yes. and grow, mm -hmm. and and be spiritually connected that way. So, so Neil, God has been working in your life mm -hmm. from when you were a fourteen-year-old boy. Mm -hmm. I know He's been leading you, and you worked through some difficult times here. But now, today, you're a pastor. Yes. And that's a long story in itself. <laughs> you were running away from God, and He found you, and He was leading you. Mm -hmm. And so all that you've learned from the Scriptures, from your experience with God, um, was this a part of God's plan that, you know, your uncle take his wife's life, um, and you end up with, with his child, all of this? 
um, was was that tragedy a part of God's plan? No, I don't think it was. I think uh, it was a bad choice that my uncle had made. Uh, like I said before, it wasn't him. Mm. Um, he let his anger out, and because of his anger, uh, Satan came in and took advantage of that. Um, and as a result, you know, my uh, Jolly Grace had to go through that. Uh, I had to experience that a night of loss from my auntie. But I truly believe what's so amazing is that it wasn't God's plan, but he had a plan to intervene. Yes. And, and it was because he knew that at that moment in time that I myself needed to be protected and I needed the reassurance, I needed to be calm so that uh, Jolly Grace and I would be able to be here where we are today. Yeah. So. so Jolly, welcome. You're here with us and we've been listening to Neil talk about you. You're no longer a five-month-old baby. And so we're so thankful that you're here with us and joining us. We've got just a few minutes left in this episode, but next week, hopefully, we can hear the rest of your story. I hope you can stay with us. Yes, good, and share that with us. It's wonderful, Jolly, for you to be with us face-to-face. -face. So this is great. So, so tell us, um, what does Neil and his family and his parents mean to you? Uh, so Neil is just um, like an older brother to me and his parents are um, more so like my grandparents, my mm -hmm. grandparents. Okay. And so you had your mother's youngest sister come over from the Philippines to take care of you. How did you see her? Um, I saw her as my mom. <laughs> as your mom? Yeah. And so she raised you and um, and we really want to hear the rest of your story and we look forward to it next week. So um, I look forward to hearing it and I know Renee does mm -hmm. and uh, we're going to visit then. But we're gonna close off with a word of prayer and thank the Lord for, for the, the way in which he's been leading in your life and, and for what we're gonna look forward to seeing next week. So mm -hmm. let's close our eyes for a word of prayer. Let's pray. Dear God and Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this opportunity that we have had here with Neil and with Jolly. And Lord, it's been so exciting to see what you've done in their lives. And we are so excited to hear about what you have done in Jolly's life and um, how you've taken something that was bad and turned it into something that is so wonderful. And we just want to honor and glorify your name. Be with us now and guide us according to your will. I pray this in your precious name. Amen. 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 So friends, thank you again for joining us. And I hope you are going to tune in. I know that we are looking forward to being with Jolly again next week and just to hear the rest of her story and how God miraculously led in her life. And I just want to remind you of the words of Jesus that we can trust. As Jesus himself said, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Next on It Is Written Canada. Now you had to tell her the story of the night when her mother was murdered. And so once he first heard it, it was very hard on her. Uh, she did cry. Have you seen your dad, Jolly? I truly believe that was God-given talent to her. We're so proud of her that she's using it for 
reaching out other people through music. I, I, I can just see that this is a very sensitive topic and you're being very vulnerable and sharing this with us. I struggled with forgiveness, forgiving my dad, forgiving God, and being angry with him. Although it was very tragic, God was there holding me with his right hand, holding her. Thank you so much for listening. If you would like to watch a video of this podcast, please visit iiw.ca. Or you can go to IIW Canada YouTube and click on the videos tab. Once again, thank you so much for listening.